All right. Well, welcome back. Welcome actually to uh, a new year. I don't know about you, but I'm sure my panelists would agree. We're so excited to turn the page on 2020, right, panelists? Absolutely. Uh, so absolutely. welcome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So welcome to uh, 2021. Welcome to our first episode of the Forever Forum. I'm joined by some exciting panelists from uh, all across the country. And, you know, what inspired this particular panel was um, actually Giovanna and Lewis, who you're going to hear from. Uh, first of all, they're, they're actually just incredible producers and have come up with some really awesome ideas. I'm going to share more about that later. But they actually had the idea to say, hey, what if we could do a panel where we could share our own perspectives of the power of the brand, the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services brand, and the role that the brand plays in our ability to build and sustain our businesses. So with that, I reached out to our, our network and some of our business consultants, and we pulled together this panel. So they got some great things to share, and hopefully for our audience, uh, there'll be some valuable takeaways. So with that, I'm going to jump right in, and I'd love to actually start with you, Louis and Giovanna. Just share, uh, if you could, a little bit about yourselves, your background, the market that you're in. Uh, for our audience. Go ahead. Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, we've been uh, working in real estate at least for 24 years. Uh, and uh, our team consists of uh, six licensees agents, and we have a plus one team of um, administrator. Our marketplace uh, locally is Coral Gables, Pinecrest, South Miami, Key Biscayne area, the Brickell. And on occasions, we also service properties outside um, um, that area of concentration. And um, Jill, do you have anything you want to add? Or? Yeah, we basically started the business uh, with our own firm for 13 years, and then we moved on. And this is about our just our first full year here at Berkshire Hathaway. Awesome. Terrific. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, I'm going to share more about some of the other ideas in addition to this panel uh, that, that you've inspired within the network. But uh, next, I want to go to James. James, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, background in the industry, and, and your marketplace. Thanks, Chris. It's such a pleasure to be on here. I am in the Lynchburg, Virginia market, so right outside the, the main central Virginia area. Uh, beautiful area where you can get everything from rolling hills to beautiful rivers and lakes. Um, I've been in the industry for four years now. I uh, have just started building my team since I came to Berkshire Halfway, um, where I have including myself, three agents, and then a director of operations who keeps me in line uh, more than anything else. And there's a great support for the um, agents as well. Um, I have seen great growth in our market where we are. Um, Lynchburg is pretty unique where Lynchburg's the main market, but we have uh, several counties surrounding it. So we butt right up to um, Charlottesville and Roanoke in, in terms of our marketplace. Um, I, before real estate, uh, I'm, I'm a young one in the industry, um, but before that, I was in, in politics, um, so got redeemed from that and came into the real estate industry, um, and I'm loving my time with Berkshire Halfway. Awesome. That's great, James. Thanks for being with me, and thanks for that great overview. All right, Colton, to you, buddy. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. My name is Colton Whitney. I am out of Orange County, California. Um, started my career when I was 18 years old in Las Vegas and um, loved Vegas. I grew up there. It's home. Um, however, 120 degree summers really are not my thing. So 
um, made the decision when I was about 24 years old um, to move to California and start my career all over because that was a genius idea. <laughs> and I uh, came to Orange <laughs> County, uh, started my team out here. It's myself. Um, currently, we have five. We've started 2021 with five. Last year, we had three. And um, excited to continue growth into 2021. I love it. That's great. Well, welcome again to all the guests. And again, what we want to focus on today is uh, really the impact of the brand in terms of, you know, how you build your business, how you leverage it with your customers, uh, you know, and, and the first thing I'd like to uh, really explore is, you know, what were some of the key things that caused you to choose ultimately to go and work with the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services company or office uh, that you're with now? And I'd love to start with you, Lewis and, and uh, Giovanna, uh, for that. If you could just share you know, some of those key drivers that, that prompted the decision ultimately for you. Sure. You know, I think after 13 years of running my own company, which is a, a contemporary realty, I got, I got into this, uh, uh, this, I mean, this quagmire that I was actually taking care of business as opposed to doing business. And I want to get back into the, uh, to the um, uh, uh, transactional phases of working uh, with the customers. And so we started to look for another company we went first, uh, of course, to Keller Williams. We were there for seven years. And actually in Keller Williams is where we actually developed the uh, LRF group team concept. And, uh, uh, but then we were encountering issues in terms of you know, wanting to reach the higher market, the multi-million dollar properties. We needed to find another, another avenue, a better platform to do that. And so with that, we transferred over to Brown Harris Stevens I picked up my license up in New York. I, that we're, uh, we worked there for two years. And uh, we, we always believe in, in that nexus, at least from the South Florida uh, perspective, that Miami has always been considered the sixth borough of Miami. And uh, I wanted to actually take advantage of that. Unfortunately, um, the, the, uh, the, the offices down here in South Florida with Brown Hair Stevens wasn't actually working as closely with the offices up in New York. That was a, a, a little... Um, disappointing. And so I, 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 I sent over and talked to my wife. I said, we got to find a, a company that actually can, can harvest that type of uh, uh, network. And, uh, and, uh, and since Gio knew Oli from the past, and, and we had sat down with her previously before we went to Brown Harris Stevens, I think uh, we reached out to her. Yeah, we had done some research prior when we were getting ready to uh, move on from KW. And we had interviewed with uh, companies, other, other brands and um, and just the one that did stick out was certainly uh, Berkshire Hathaway. And uh, knowing Odie and her reputation in our market, um, I always also look at the people that are affiliated with those companies. We did end up initially going to um, Berkshire, I'm sorry, to Brown Harris Stevens, but ultimately uh, the very first call we made when we realized that that was not the right move for us is, was back to, to Berkshire Hathaway and to Odie. And mainly it was the, the brand, the the fact that you don't have to explain that brand and Berkshire Hathaway just has that prestige. Yeah, I love that. And I know we're, we're gonna explore that particular topic um, in, a, in a few questions here, so that's great. So I, I take away from that ultimately is the reputation, the people in the office, and most importantly, the leader. Um, and I know Odie is, uh, is, is an example of that uh, at a very, very high level, so, so that's great. James, what about to you? Uh, what were those key drivers that ultimately prompted the decision to join uh, Dawson Ford Garvey there? So I think they hit on a lot of it as well, but you don't have to explain Berkshire Hathaway. 
Um, but when I was originally uh, making the switch, I remember I was I was sitting with my partner and and I got a phone call from Alice, who's our our managing broker, and and she started the conversation, um, actually talking I will never forget it, talking about a dog groomer in the area. And I put her on pause for a minute, and I told my partner that that I'm I'm pretty sure that this is getting ready to turn into a recruiting call, um, and I was thinking of ways that I could get off the phone, but within five minutes of her talking about things and giving me the, you know, encouraging me to come sit with Robert, um, the principal broker, um, whom I've worked a uh, transaction with fairly recently um, from that phone call. Uh, she was explaining to me different things and just encouraging me, you know, go to bhhs.com. Just look at, look at that, start looking at the, the presence of this company and, and not just the, the overpowering presence of the company, but, but the presence that the agents have. So I started looking into that and then sat down with Robert and Alice, and they could just show me resource after resource after resource that, that Berkshire Hathaway provides to the agents, the consistency of the brand that it, that it provides. You know, I, I know showing property, you know, you, you see the brand, you see the marketing that's out there. It's very consistent, a very stable brand. You, you, you constantly see agents going to Berkshire Hathaway, uh, and, and beyond that, you don't really see them wanting to leave. Uh, and then the, the prominence of the brand and how they can brand themselves across multiple markets. You know, we're in a, in a market that buying a, a $50,000 house is an uncommon, um, but they can market themselves to the $50,000 houses, to the $500,000 houses, or the $5 million houses. And it, you know, everything is very prominent, very beautiful. And, and Robert was just able to, you know, promote the brand. He is one of the biggest business leaders in the area and probably one of the most, if not the most recognized real estate agent in, in our market and in our area. If you talk about real estate, Robert Dawson's name is going to come up. Um, but he was able to, to mirror that and really didn't score that nearly as much as talking about the, the brand and, and what the brand does for the agents and really not just that, what it does for the consumers. And when people are looking at houses, uh, what what they're seeing, no matter what they're looking for. Are you looking for a resort property? Are you looking for a luxury property? Or are you just looking for your typical home within your market? So uh, everything pulled together. I, I, at the time, had been talking to a couple of different companies about potentially making a switch, but everything pulled together just uh, made Berkshire Halfway the obvious choice. That's great. That's great. And so Colton, uh, you, I know you've you've got a long history with the company, with the brand, in two different markets. So maybe you could you could speak to all of that uh, in response to that question. Yeah. So I mean, they pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, for us, we I started my career with Berkshire Hathaway. Um, my mentor Frank Napoli Sr. had been with them um, when there were Better Homes and Gardens, and then Prudential, and then Berkshire. So he had just been with them since the beginning of his career. And um, so that was all I ever knew. So when we, I've always, since I was, I enjoy the idea of expansion and being able to go into different markets. So um, when we used to come vacation here in Orange County, I remember one day eating ice cream, staring at the ocean, really upset that we were going home. And uh, I told the, my business partner at the time, I said, I, dude, I don't want to go home. And he laughed and he goes, I know, get in the car. And I was like, no, seriously, I really don't want to go home. And uh, so a couple months later, we expanded out into Orange County. 
um, got licensed. And of course, for us, Berkshire was going to be the, the natural place for us. So when I came here, the people, um, Mary Lee, the CEO, uh, our office manager, David Eugenian, um, it is genuinely a family. Um, everybody walking by keeps making faces and throwing stuff at us. We're an immature family. It makes the office fun. I'm a creature of my environment. I like being around like-minded people. I like being around people who are ambitious, people who want to help grow, people who want to collaborate. And this company is genuinely filled with nothing but those types of people. And um, we did at one point because we wanted to expand and there was another company that um, pushes that concept that we left and we ended up going with that, that brand. And I'm telling you uh, in this, uh, they'll even tell you at that other company, they said, oh, well, you guys are home now. And our team always looked at each other and we're like, oh, home's Berkshire. And um, the opportunity, our manager, he, they, when we left, it was hugs and door left wide open. They said, whenever, if you guys ever want to come back, come back. They handled it very gracefully. And um, that opportunity came back. I said, guys, I want to come home. And uh, I couldn't have been more happy with the decision. We've had a ton of growth since. We got to see the contrast of what different brokerages and brands provide. And I can just tell you with our type of business, which we focus primarily on uh, online lead generation, PPC, social platforms, um, it's important to have uh, some type of validation of the brand and people who, when they make those inquiries and when they see the follow-ups and the, the, what we have to do to be successful with our form of lead generation, having the name Berkshire Hathaway has made that conversation just a lot easier for us. Yeah, I love that. So I, I, I take away a key denominator there with all of you is uh, the leadership and the people. And, um, you know, I would say to that is, it's, it's interesting. It's ironic about our industry. Like on one hand, the entrepreneurial spirit and the individuality of the real estate profession is such a big part of who we are as an industry. But at the same time, the ability for leadership and camaraderie and a good, strong environment to work alongside of peers that push and challenge you is also equally important. So I just uh, applaud all of your leaderships, Robert, Odie, David, Mary Lee Blaylock, you know, um, and encourage all of the agents in the audience who maybe are working for, you know, someone where you don't have that connection or are not in, invigorated by the, the leadership that you're working with to really find that because I think it is a key differentiator and, and, and um, element of success. So thank you all for sharing that. Yeah, Colton, did you have something else? I wanted to clarify when I said we're an immature family, I'm referring to my team personally, <laughs> not Mary Lee, not, <laughs> not the people at Berkshire. Oh, they no. keep us in line. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Hey, you know, one of the things is we got to have fun, right? We got to have fun. Absolutely. And, you know, this work from home, I got my family here. I'm sure, you know, the dog will come running through or somebody will be doing something goofy in my background too. So it's all good. Uh, so, you know, the, the next thing I want to explore is, you know, this whole element of how do you create a, a good synergy or, or, or marriage between your own personal brand or that of your teams um, in terms of the qualities and experiences and attributes for yourself and your team and marry that with the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services iconic uh, brand uh, that we have. And I'm just curious as to you know, how each of you do that, where, where do you find the, the list? Where do you find that synergy? Where, what are some challenges, if any, 
So um, I'd love to explore that with you in, in basically the same order. Uh, Lewis and Gio, if you want to go first. So um, that's a great question because one of the things that we um, always had because we had our own company was our brand, our name. And we had built that for 13 years. Um, so with Keller Williams and I think with, uh, with Brown Harris Stevens, what we always did was we kind of used our name as specifically as our brand. And then the, the company was actually just perhaps a, a complement to who we were. In other words, we utilized it more as a sub brand. So when we introduced our, ourselves, it was the LRF group. Oh yes. And then they would ask where, who are you with? Yes. And then that became like a secondary conversation. So that was how our branding initially had worked. But what we found was we quickly realized that we didn't have to do that here. And what, what I mean by that is that the brand actually became Berkshire Hathaway and we became the sub brand. And that actually works really well for us because although we do have this 24 year reputation in our, in our market, Berkshire Hathaway has now become such a compliment that we are the sub brand of it. And the way we've married it in, uh, one of the things that Odie really helped us with because she asked us when we met, you know, what is one of the things that you'd really like to improve? And we said our branding, we really want, we didn't have really like a true logo that we used, um, you know, in parts we did. And she really helped us execute that. And, and I can't speak for everyone's broker. It kind of sounds like Colton and James are as lucky as we are. Um, but she really truly executed that and just came up with a, a, like a merged brand for us, still having Berkshire Hathaway as that main focus. But one of the things that it, it has certainly done is it basically took our personal brand to the next level because our uh, all of our um, branding and our logo and our information and the reputation we've already carried in has now a, a much more superior and eloquent platform that it's on. And we notice that just in, in our meetings with our customers and, and expanding on what um, both Colton and James said it's just, it's, it's not something that needs a full explanation. So we can then quickly go into who is the LRF group team. And, uh, and so, and, and in that, I, I think that it, did I answer your question regarding the marriage? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's perfect, but I, I think you, you hit on something that's probably, you know, kind of like the 800 pound gorilla in the room, right. Is half, you know, the willingness to concede personal ego, like your willingness to say, hey, I'm going to put my LRF hat as a sub to the Berkshire Realm Services. And so I'm just curious in your own opinion, have you, what words of encouragement might you have for other agents who feel like, no, 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 I've got to be in the limelight. I'll put Berkshire Hathaway under me. Because I think that's the biggest issue. Can, can I concede, you know, some of these ego points and, and do this? You know, that's a huge, yeah, and I'm sorry, that's a yeah. huge question. And in our business, unfortunately, ego comes with the territory. And, uh, and that is certainly something. And, and as a former team leader, I know that I can say um, that that was, that was always a challenge. What I would say is that, you know, let it go because ego doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> um, you know, I always say, yeah. you know, let, you know, your ego is really not going to get you anywhere. And, and for us, I know that it took time even yeah. for Lewis as coming out of our own company. Yeah, I think you, at the end of the day, I think the, uh, the uh, 
results matters. And, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, argue with the numbers. And so once you start uh, putting, you know, the brand on front and helping the brand get you through the door, then, you know, the rest of that uh, conversation becomes much more easier. And then now it's only, uh, it's between us and, and, and our customers and trying to solve their problems and their needs, as opposed to having to overcome another objection. The less objections you have, the closer you're going to get to, to yes. And that's, that's at the end of the day, that's what, you know, the whole purpose of, of trying to bring the people together and our, and, and our services together. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have to deal with the objection issue about who's brought you know, issue about Berkshire Hathaway or KW or Brown Harris, I mean, if I don't have to deal with those type of things, then it makes our job a lot easier, our teams, our teams easier. And, and then we get to that, you know, that final, you know, you know, uh, finish line. So it's, it's easy. It's easy yeah. to really put the ego uh, aside. So that's such a strong point, right? Is to remove as many objections as possible, right? So if, if, if I can create a different sequence of storytelling with my customers that does that, then that's good for you. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So James, same question to you, marriage of your own personal brand and experience and attributes with that, those of the brand. You're on mute. I don't know how you, yeah, there you go. I don't know how you follow up with them without just sounding like a, a repetition of them. But but I came from a, a brokerage that uh, you know everybody there had their very own personal identity, and and I know I I was doing that when I was with them. That everything, as long as you had the the logo or the company name very tiny somewhere, you were you know, and you were in compliance, you were good. But everybody had their own personal identity. So coming to Berkshire Hathaway was a was a very big change from what I was used to but that marriage has been has been quite simple because again the the limiting the objections that you have when you're introducing yourself you're talking about who you're with uh, as soon as you say I'm, I'm James Enoch with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Dalton Ford Garvey boom right there people know the company you're with they might not know you but they they know the company you're with and they know the the expectations that that come with it uh, you know, they're not worried about that anymore. So, I, you know, I, I absolutely love going out and branding the properties, you know, to that and being able to show both buyers and sellers just what the, the brand has to offer them. Um, I, I live in an area that if I go to the grocery store, I have to be ready for meeting at least three people I know, talking about how their mom is doing, how my mom is doing. You know, we live in, in small town USA. Um, so right. what I'm talking about, uh, you know, so I know a lot of people in my, my circle is big, but I've seen just the growth of, of business come from the fact that I was with, you know, such a prominent brand. They, they know the name. Uh, so really it was just taking a back burner to who James Phoenix is. People know James Phoenix, but let's put the, the Berkshire halfway on the forefront of, of what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And yeah. again, like we said, ego is, is important here. It's not just about who we are, but it's about who we are with um, in, in the industry. And, and if you put one down and raise one up, you know, especially when you have such a prominent brand like Berkshire Halfway, you're going to have results, not just for yourself, but the biggest results come from what your clients can expect of you and, and what they get out of you and, and their return on investment with you. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so Colton, same question to you. And I, I'm particularly interested in, you know, your response given, you know, all the lead generation that you do. In other words, you're probably competing yeah. for 
a lot of that top of funnel business with a lot of other agents, as opposed to agents who are doing a lot of business within their sphere of influence, where there's already existing relationships there. So yeah. how do you address this issue? It's it, yeah. So a couple of things, number one, there's a lot of people in this industry and this company for a long period of time. Uh, our boy, uncle Warren, he's been doing this a lot longer and has a lot better reputation than what I have. I'm confident of that. Um, and more people know it, trust it, believe in it. And as a result, it provides us a lot of trust without even having to earn it yet. Um, so for that piece of it, it's important, but here for marketing, I know my highest and best use and my highest and best use is not marketing or figuring out pretty colors. Cause if I did, frankly, it would be hideous. Um, we have an amazing marketing team here. They literally make it so we just get to give them the information, they adjust it, they tweak it, and they marry the two perfectly without having to put any effort. Um, and I need that because frankly, I just don't know how to do it. Um, regarding your question on the impact that it has, it without a doubt, I think I was telling you the other day, um, when we left, I noticed that I never once introduced myself as Colton McKellar Williams. That I just never, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a conscious effort in any way, shape, or form. I always just said Colton with the McClure Group. And um, when we came back to Berkshire, I noticed myself and my team immediately transitioning that without any instruction, without any guidance. It was something that each and every one of us was proud of. And so, I mean, that's honestly, I don't have nearly the, uh, the articulate answer that they do. They make my job easy. My highest and best use is negotiating co contracts, finding opportunities, doing conversion. Anybody who knows me, I take the babyest of steps every single day to increase our conversion rates with our online lead generation because of course that's what fuels our ROI um, and for us just being able to attach that and having that recognition that globally recognized brand that people immediately associate with success and trust um, and value it makes my job a lot easier when I'm talking to somebody who simply said submit request for information and now they've got a stranger on the phone. So the quality of conversation just dramatically changed when we came back. I love that. And so I think that's an important point, Colton. And so could you just share tactically, specifically, anything that you're doing um, on the front end? So you get a new inquiry on an internet lead, as an example. Give us some examples of things that you're doing to actually exhibit the brand or your company's value proposition, as opposed to just saying, oh, hey, I got your inquiry, I'll call you soon, which a lot of, you know, the industry yeah. response to internet leads with, you know? So the supplemental stuff that we're utilizing, just video, and again, just putting the Berkshire Hathaway brand on it. Um, video creates a lot of recognition with people, but anything and everything that we do, we make sure that we have the brand associated with it, number one, because we have to, but number two, in this case, because we actually genuinely want to. Um, so things that help, like, of course, we do videos when we get inquiries, we do follow-ups with videos. Um, that's been one of the small adjustments that we've made that's been able to supplement and bring the brand into it without it being obnoxious. Um, but it's just been a subtle little tip that's helped people give them the familiarity with us, our company, what we do. And um, that's one of the things we do. But for us, the biggest thing is just consistency and follow up. And we have really, really good systems built out for our type of lead generation that keeps it organized and makes it work well for us. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks for sharing that. I love that. And um, you know, I, your point was uh, well taken. I, I, I always laugh at um, there's so many people in our industry that say, hey, you know, I've been in real estate for X number of years, but I used to do this, you know, and uh, it's almost like you've got to defend the fact that we're in real estate, uh, you know, for, for, for some people. 
And I know that uh, I feel a sense of pride amongst our network that we can attach ourselves to such an iconic name like Berkshire Hathaway. And I know that it, it, it does make you more proud and, you know, it just a, a feel more of a sense of, uh, uh, of a celebration for, for who we're all affiliated with. So that's, that's great. So I want to transition next to, you know, specifically in terms of production, what you can look back on the last year or two years of your being affiliated with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and say, absolutely, I achieved this because I'm here. Uh, could be elevating your average sales price, maybe growing your team, maybe, uh, you know, doing more units, whatever growth might be uh, defined as in your world. Uh, but I'd love to just hear, you know, what do you specifically attribute the brand to in terms of your growth? Um, Lewis and Gio, I'll start with you. So uh, one of the things that we really took advantage of was the relocation network. Um, and so all of us did uh, most, I think, minus one of our team members that's newer to the, newer to the industry, um, all of us took advantage that we all qualified for uh, becoming relocation um, uh, network um, agents. And so that we certainly took advantage of, aside from having our luxury specialist uh, certifications. But the relocation network, we definitely took advantage of that. That was one thing that we were really proud of. And we not just acquired listings through that network, but we also acquired buyers that were relocating inward, um, which has helped us tremendously. And then through that, we've made, we've established connections with agents really all throughout the country. I'm really big on doing that. And because of the network that we have, you wanna make certain that you're reaching out and introducing yourself and hey, let me be your Miami contact. So we've really taken advantage of the referral network and the relocation network. Um, uh, to that particularly, one of the things that we always were, we were a, always a heavy listing team. And one of the things that we made a commitment to is we want to increase our buyer side activity. And so what we did um, have, which was terrific and we're very proud of that this year uh, and our first year with Berkshire Hathaway, mind you, um, in our first year, we increased our buyer side transactions closed 32% which is huge. Um, and wow. uh, the other thing was, is that we increased our average sale price by $135,000. Um, another thing that we're very, very proud of. So, um, you know, in that, uh, how do we relate that directly? I think that one of them certainly was the relocation network, the referral network as well. And, uh, and then just using uh, the branding of Berkshire Hathaway much more because, you know, as we said, the, when you are driving around the neighborhood and you're looking for market share as a person that perhaps wants to list their home, you want to make certain that it's somebody that is has listings, understands the market. And many sellers, actually, the way they interview agents is driving around and seeing how many signs there are. And so you want to make certain that you're out there. And when there's, you know, a tiny little sign that no one recognizes the colors or the name, you know, there is there's questionable there's questions uh, in the seller's mind. So they wanna make certain that they're going with a solid company. And I believe that with regards to the buyer side activity, um, we really made a focus to um, have our buyer's agents uh, obviously hosting a lot of um, open houses, but also the calls that are coming in from our signs, I feel as though there are, uh, our, our sign calls have just increased. And I don't know if it's perhaps just a trust that's there. And I do, I do attribute that to that. You know, they see Berkshire Hathaway, they know it's a real company and they're calling us 
as opposed to a company perhaps that they've never heard of or somebody that doesn't ever ever answer their phone. Um, so I believe that there is a trust because our sign calls have certainly increased. Yeah, and I think also just to add in there, uh, I, I've got to give a shout out to Ellie Johnson, my, my program manager up in New York, because that's one of the things that I had a conversation with Ellie that I wanted to create that nexus you know, from the Northeast corridor down to South Florida, because it's very important to us and to our business. And Ellie Johnson, when, when I flew up there, I, I transferred my license from Park Avenue to, uh, to Madison Avenue. She was just amazing. She took me by the hand and, and she introduced me to everyone up there in the offices. She made me feel welcome as if I was there for five years, 10 years. And I just can't, I, I think the biggest change that we can take away from all of this is the culture, the for cultural sure. environment. And the leadership. Is, and exactly, mm -hmm. it's totally different from where we come, uh, come from. And that really gave our team a little bit much more of a, much more of a bounce in their steps because when we came over here, we were, I think we were, we were, we were a little bit exhausted we were a little bit um, disenchanted and uh, you know, and it, it's that easy. you know, you have to keep a lot of people happy. You have to keep a lot of people on focus and, uh, and, and the culture here is just totally nine and day. So that's definitely attributing to, to our success. It begins there. It doesn't begin with, yeah. with uh, listings and it begins with, uh, uh, with uh, your, your mindset. If you if you don't have a positive mindset, everything else really, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Wow. What a terrific response you two. That was, that was so well articulated. And uh, I do want to ask uh, Gio, you know, to agents that might be sitting in a marketplace where they know they have feeder markets, you know, that they, they, they know that, Hey, you know, Chicago's feeding me or Nashville's feeding me or, you know, Southern California, whatever it might be. They know that. Um, what, what words of wisdom or encouragement would you have for them to reach out and make some of those connections? I mean, how, how did you do it successfully? Is it just phone calls and emails or social media or what, yeah. what, what are some it's best a, practices? There? It's really a combination. I think that part of our responsibility as realtors, um, I think that people, first of all, need to take our business much more seriously. And the only way we're going to really in, increase that respect level is by coming across more on, as a consultative approach and educating our consumers. And the way to do that is basically everything together that you said, you have to make the calls, you have to reach out, you are educating people on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, through videos, and also contacting our clients and asking them, hey, do you know anybody in New York? Because the Northeastern region is flocking here. They're even coming from Colton's place over there. Everyone that is leaving there is throwing him the listings, but they're coming here to buy. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure Colton's getting some listings from that. But so I think that you, you do need to be asking. And one of the things that perhaps we're not asking enough is, hey, by the way, do you have any family in New York? Because that's a giant feeder market to ours. Yeah, you know, just, just to add on that is I think that part of our business as realtors that we have to understand is that our customers are also fellow realtors, right? And we have the network. And one of the things that I really was, you know, was striving for with our, the, the you know, previous company, which I unfortunately didn't actually materialize, was I would would physically travel up to I mean to our uh, local offices up there, and 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 uh, and get to know the realtors, and for, for them to get to know us. So then, if when if they should happen to send us a referral that they can send it with confidence mm -hmm. after meeting us that we could service their clients, you know, hundred percent. So I think that as agents, I think we also have to look at, you know, we have buyers and sellers and we also have our colleagues mm -hmm. that if we can network with them, 
that's a big part of our business mm -hmm. too. For sure. And one of the ways is physically being going out there. And you know, unfortunately with COVID, you know, those things were held back you know, this year, but you know, I can't wait to, you know, fly back to New York and start picking that up again. And because I tell you something, and, and I told them those agents up there when I was with the previous company, I said, listen, you know, your customers are coming down to South Florida. The question is, are they going to use you through me? You know, and, and, and because they're buying properties down here. So it's better, to, let's make that, yeah. you know, that uh, connection now and that relationship now. So that way we can all benefit from it, right? So that was our, I think that's, that's one of the key aspects of our business plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and um, shout out to Ellie Johnson. She's just such, a, uh, such an awesome lady. I love working with her and uh, she is just so terrific at connecting people and, and uh, she's a great job on that. And encouragement to all of our leaders to help be a part of creating this connectivity between our offices and these feeder markets. I think our brokers and sales managers could invite each other and welcome each other into sales meetings or trainings or do these kinds of Zoom calls where we can better understand one another's marketplaces and create more of these relationships. So thanks for that. That's great stuff. James, same thing to you. What do you attribute, uh, you know, to in terms of success? Chris, the stats that you gave, you know, more units, bigger team, higher sales price, higher average, all of the above apply to me. Uh, I joined Berkshire wow. Halfway, Dustin Ford Garby in May of 2020. And my, from May to December, my total volume, my average sales price exceeded just with Berkshire Halfway, exceeded all of what I did in 2019. Uh, I expanded wow. my, you know, I started and, and had two agents sign on within three months of starting it, of starting a team uh, you know, average average sale has gone up. I remember a time that I had a person contact me. They uh, used to be a, co a personal friend of mine uh, many years ago. They had moved down to Florida for a job and then were moving back. They called me and they said, actually, they Facebook messaged me and they said, we're buying a house. Here's a couple that we are interested in. And these houses were double my normal, really triple my, my average sale. And I remember walking into um, Alice's office and saying, Alice, I'm, I'm really not sure I'm, I'm comfortable working with these people. I haven't done anything like this. And she said, yes, you are, James. She said, you can do it. And, and here's how. She sat down. She pulled up the trainings that, that Berkshire Halfway offers that you can pull up 24-7. And, and that's something that, that Robert preaches on as well, that we have the training at our fingertips. You don't have to go out and, and buy expensive training from other people we have the training in network that you can watch on demand anytime you want instead of watching netflix i've tried to discipline myself in terms and and instead watch training and i was able to watch some of these working with buyers especially in a sales price that i wasn't able to and uh that i wasn't comfortable with or at the time but you know having the training on demand really helped out and you know so all of it all of it applies to me and, and to the agents out there, you know, I, I came from a, a local firm. So it was, I got probably 15 phone calls from agents once I had, I had made the switch and announced that I was switching and they were like, Oh my gosh, are, are you sure? First of all, I said, absolutely. I, I, I feel certain that this is going to be a fantastic year and, and coming in the office Monday mornings and have 
having Alex there, I, I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. So Monday mornings are more like 10 a.m. walking into the office, not 8 a.m. So Alex would already be here. And, and her first question to me would always be, well, how many did you sell this weekend? Uh, it, it, so that expectation was there as well, that, that we're at a company um, that we, we want you to succeed. It wasn't, you know, in our office, there's no jealousy. There, you know, it's very much supporting each other you know, cheering, cheering each other on. If someone makes 10 sales in a week, we want to celebrate that. We don't want to shy away from you because, you know, you're looking at them as competition and right. just having everything, you know, pulled together, being able to do more units because the resources are there. Um, you, you have a CRM, you have the buyer match program, you have the marketing resources. It's made my director of operations very happy. If I send her a quick photo of a, of a property, I can, I can walk up to a listing appointment, take a photo of a property, send it to her. In my email, not five minutes later, she's already created some customized advertising for that listing agreement. So while I'm, I'm giving that listing presentation, I just took a photo. I can show them that I just took the photo and sellers are sitting there shocked over it that something was put together to market their property that quickly. And I think Colton was talking about how, how it makes his team flow so much easier. And I can tell you from my side, we live in our cars. So the fact that everything is at our fingertips is that Berkshire Hathaway provides makes life a lot easier. Um, you know, other companies yeah. I know have different types of stuff, but, but this is, I think, unparalleled to what you can find out there in, in the marketplace for, for a home brokerage to be at. That's great. That's great. Good stuff. Well, congrats on your success and, and outpacing your 19 production in just half a year last year. That's, that's good. Uh, Colton, what about to you? What do you attribute specifically to your relationship with the brand and, and all the success you and your team have? Um, when I came back, um, I had a very specific goal. Uh, number one, I wanted zero ego from anybody on our team, myself included, um, I wanted us to be able to collaborate, look at what we do. And we have a guy here named Sam Guillen, and um, he's the head of training for uh, California properties. And the guy's a genius. Um, so when I came back, we had the meeting. There's a lot of people in this company who are a lot more successful, have had a lot more sustained success, and have been doing this a lot longer than I have. And they're a whole lot smarter. So what I told them is I want to constantly be immersed with these people. I want to find out what they're doing. I want to find out what's working. I want us to collaborate. And when we came to Sam, I told Sam, I don't want to be a team that has one agent who's making all the money and then the team gets the scraps. I said, I want to build a team of killers. And um, he has really helped. We grew, 2020, we grew our volume by 177%. Um, and it is a wow. direct result of monthly meetings with Sam. Um, I, we're, like I said, I'm not launching rockets over here. Definitely not the smartest, but we're really disciplined. We're very accountable. And if you tell us what works and what, what to do, we'll do it. And um, those meetings with him. And so we've, it's just been this evolving process that I know we're going to be able to do it again next year. Well, I'm saying next year, this year. Um, and now that we're getting to a fun point in it where we're looking at the profit and loss and we're saying, okay, how do we increase our ROI? And we're implementing new strategies. He did one that honestly, I don't know how in a million years I didn't come up with this, 
but he's like, we need to have showing assistance. So you give him a piece of deal, pay him a base salary. Our profit margin goes up 37%. You get to execute the deals. You get to, so we started going through all these strategies and it's like, well, no kidding. Cause I know, and granted, if my team's watching, these guys are absolutely killers are amazing at conversion. They're fantastic. They have great personalities. I don't, <laughs> my, my best use is behind the phone, stuck behind the desk, negotiating deals and finding opportunities for people. So by implementing some of these strategies that Sam's helped us, I mean, these are deep, deep dives on what we can do to improve the business, how we can make the agents more efficient, how we can make them more effective and how we can all be more profitable. And um, that type of collaboration is something that frankly, you just normally don't see. And it's something that happens here on a daily basis. Um, there's agents in here that when I have a real real estate question, as I like to call it, Peter and, uh, and Alice, I go to Peter and Alice with the Avant team. My guys, this question, I have no clue what the answer is. I need you guys to tell me. I mean, and it's that level of friendship and family that we have here. It's what makes us happy. I promised them when we came that we were going to achieve a specific result. And I have a weird mentality to where if I say I'm going to do it, I'm very, very committed to it. And I actually feel a sense of obligation to them to achieve the things that we've set out to do because they're putting so much time and effort into our success that I just want to make sure that it's reciprocated. And I don't have oh, that. I love that, man. There were, yeah, that, that was some uh, really powerful, uh, powerful uh, statements there. One thing I want to um, unpack with you quickly, if we could, Colton, is you said accountability. And, uh, you know, our, our CEO of Home Service of America, Gino Blafari, he's always said that the missing link in our industry is accountability. And I, I, yeah. I believe and agree with that. Um, can you just share with us? you know, some of the things that you've implemented from an accountability standpoint with you and your team uh, that you feel like has specifically led to some of these new successes? In other words, is there a, is there a weekly call or a daily call or a monthly checklist of what, you know, what some, what are some of those accountabilities? So we have, yeah. And again, this is nothing that I created. I've ripped it off from people who are a lot smarter from all, all over the industry, all over the country. Um, so I'm, I'm up very, very early. I wake up every morning at 3.30. I'm into the office at 6. Um, and from 6 o'clock to 7, I, we have a daily huddle that the team gets here and everybody does at 8 o'clock. So we go over numbers, we go over conversions, appointments set, appointments met. Um, we go over scripting and objection handling every day for 30 minutes. Um, and then from 8.30 to 9, everybody sets up their dialers. They all prospect from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock every single day. Um, it's fun. We enjoy it. They have to tell us to be quiet a lot because <laughs> we're always laughing and being way too loud because doing that type of daily activity, it's boring, it's tedious, and it sucks. But we, we do it at the same time. We have fun with it. If you'll get a client who's mean, because uh, that happens, especially with the online lead generation and the type of follow-up that's necessary to get the type of conversion that we get, is it requires you to be annoying. And you got to keep being persistent and calling and texting and emailing yeah. and sending videos and doing all these methods. Um, so we do that and it just makes it fun. Um, each day they have a, a checklist, all the KPIs, the leading indicators that if you do this, you'll be successful. Everybody at the end of each day has to hit 100 points. So there's a different point value associated with all the different lead generation, phone calls, door drops, inventory searching, open houses, all the activities that everybody does to generate business. They have to hit 100 points. They have to show up for the calls. And if they don't want to, we're all 10 to 99, so they get to choose, but they just get turned off leads if they don't participate in those things. And it uh, keeps them accountable, keeps them aggressive. 
And frankly, I know without me, they'd still be here every single day at eight o'clock doing the exact same thing because we've been taught and shown that it just, it works and it's moved the needle in a huge way for us. I love that. That's fantastic. And so 177% volume growth. And I imagine it, it wasn't like 2019 was probably a, a good year, right? It wasn't like it was a bad year. So 177% of a big number is a lot of money. Yeah, we weren't going from two to three. I mean, it, 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 it was meaningful <laughs> growth. And honestly, I, I don't attribute it, any of it to me. It's the people on the team, the people in this company that have just made it very easy. And it's been fun while we've done it. Well, I applaud you and you deserve a lot of the credit as a leader. So uh, great, great job. It's awesome. Well, so um, I next want to want to transition to, I think, the most important topic, but perhaps the most under underappreciated or, or um, you know, uh, I think there's a lack of focus and that is on the customer. You know, I, I feel like our industry is so uh, inwardly focused and, um, you know, perhaps it's the nature of being 1099 contractors or the nature of personal promotion in the industry or the competitiveness of it, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but I feel like we we deserve and, and really should as a preeminent consumer brand really put the consumer first and so i know that just in meeting you and talking to all of you that you do that very well and so i'm curious for each of you to share your perspective as it relates to what you feel like the consumers expect of you personally and of the brand and how you leverage that to create a competitive differentiation so Lewis and Gio, if you could start us off on that topic, putting the consumer first and really leveraging the brand uh, to highlight that. I think going back to what we had said earlier, it's, it's always coming from a consultative approach. You know, we don't like to use words like deal and, you know, sale. And, you know, you have to make certain that you are treating them like people and, and also respecting our own industry. You know, and instead of, you know, going around worrying about whether or not I'm going to take a hit on my commissions and all that stuff, you want to actually build the value. Because when, when you go to buy a Mercedes, you walk in and, and many people pay for what it says on the price, on the sticker price, because they know what kind of car they're getting. They don't haggle it. And I think that we, we get so busy competing and worrying about who's coming behind us than worrying about building your own value. I think one thing for certain, we owe it to the brand of Berkshire Hathaway because of how much leverage we have with it. We owe it to the brand to properly uh, represent it. I think that that, I carry a lot of weight with that. And I know that our team does as well. And, and not just the brand, but also the people that are with the brand and the leadership that we have and how grateful we are. It all, it all, works in when we are representing ourselves. And I think that that's a huge thing. We are really big on communication with our customers. Communication is key. You have to answer your phone. How many realtors don't? Answer your phone every single time. Even if it's just to say, I'll call you right back. You answer your phone with our customers, our buyers, our, our sellers. Everyone on our team is required to give them a weekly update. Every single Wednesday, every single one of our customers is receiving an email, a call, a text, however they choose to be communicated with every single week. Whether it's good, bad, indifferent, there's nothing to say, that's exactly what's happening. No showings or we've had 10 showings. We give them honest feedback. And I think part of the industry is that we're so afraid to say things that might not be the nicest things 
and we always preface everything we say is we're going to tell you what you need to hear and not necessarily what you want to hear. And I think that that's an approach that a lot of people are afraid to do. And especially when they get in the industry, they want everyone to like them. They don't need to like you. We do business with people we don't necessarily want to have over for dinner, but we they treat us with respect and we treat them with respect. And I think that yeah. that really comes down to it. It's it's more of a of a consultative approach and educating them um, on in 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 our field. And when you do have that type of value to bring to the table, and when you do build up your own, they're going to buy into you. Because if they don't buy into you, they're not buying anything from you. And I think that that has most certainly carries it also with the brand itself. Yeah, and I think just to, I mean, just to tie it up, you know, I tell my team is don't worry about the, uh, the uh, transaction because even though if a transaction falls apart, you know, I mean, one can always make it up again. What's important is worrying about the customer. Mm -hmm. And so I don't worry about how much money this deal is gonna make or whatever. You know, we don't talk about that. It's, it's how can we service the customer effectively? And if we do that, you know, things are always gonna happen, you know, the right way eventually either either sooner or later so not, you know not, don't get tied up with the transaction so much but you know but, but making sure that you're doing you know right by your customers and, and if you do that you're always going to end up doing you know doing well yeah it's you take a, it takes a second yeah. to lose a customer that took you five years to to build to acquire exactly so we'd rather see right. the transaction go bye-bye right yeah i love that and you know you've mentioned this several times but a great point is the consultative approach um, of selling, which I, I, you know, completely agree with. And to me that when I, when I hear that, I initially think of you probably ask more questions Absolutely. and listen more than you talk. Right. Absolutely. And I think that is, yeah, such a, such a critical, critical takeaway. And the other thing too, is the education. I've always said that the, I think the most valuable thing to our professional real estate agents is an educated and empowered customer. The more they know, the more valuable you will be. And so I, I think that role of education is so powerful. So thanks for sharing that. James, to you, uh, you know, what, what do you think about putting the customer first and leveraging some of those Berkshire Hathaway brand values uh, in that part of the, the, the process? So I think you know, both just hit on it is, is educated buyers and sellers lead to a, a more powerful market, leads to more powerful consumer. Um, you, you know, my buyers and sellers expect from me and, and I lead them to expect that from me that first, you know, like Gio said, is, is we want to be uh, first a professional, but a, a consulting professional. I, I want to ask you questions and I want to hear from you. I can run my mouth all day long. My friends and family can tell you I'm very good at talking, but but in this industry, we have to be very good at listening uh, and making sure that we're asking questions and asking the right questions. You know, if someone says, well, I want to sell, we can put the, the sign in the yard. But my, my next question is, well, why are you selling? And, and, you know, hey, well, we're actually relocating, which allows, again, that opportunity for the referrals to be built in. So there you know, not only getting service, they might not know that I can help connect them to another network professional. And that's what we are, is we have to not just think of ourselves as an agent, but as a professional. Uh, and, and that's something that I like to coach other agents, whether or not they're in my team or just in my association, is we're professionals. Um, you know, they can get connected to another network professional to help them wherever they're going to. 
so that that power of the brand there that not only are they getting you know great service in Lynchburg market but whether they're going to Texas or Florida you know wherever they're going they get connected and they're and they're being serviced um, so yeah. being able to have they, they appreciate that and they appreciate the like we were talking about the consistency of the brand you know several yeah. of my sellers this year have notated that they like going through and, and they had my sign in their yard but my sign really has a name rider attached to my, you know my name and number attached so when they're going through they see Robert Dawson's got like 30 signs next door um, and, and then they see you know mine as well so they, they keep seeing the same brand and, and that makes them feel confident in it and in choosing who they're working with um yeah. you know and there, there's just you know so much to, to unpack there that they appreciate um you know especially like we were talking about the educated buyers uh, when i actually had a phone call about two months ago from a buyer that said hey our buyer's representation just uh ran out with an agent we're, we're shopping for a new one We've submitted 10 offers on property. We have not got one accepted. We're, we're ready for new representation. And I sat down with them and we were having a, a consultation. And I said, well, what kind of offers were you submitting? They said, well, our agent wanted us, uh, like Gio said, to get a deal. Well, they were losing out because the, the statistics in our market right now is if you're listing your home right now, you have a, the, the list of sales price is 99.8% in the first 10 days. In the first 10 days, they're, they're submitting offers for 80, 85, sometimes 90% of the sales price and wondering why it's not working while their offers are being pretty much laughed at and just a simple rejected is, is being slapped on them. Well, their agent before wasn't educating them over the fact that wait, this isn't going to work. And, and sometimes a deal, as, as I told them, you know, we're not just in it to get a deal. You're in it to get a home. You know, this yeah, is not buying right. a used car. This is not, you know, going out. We're not furniture shopping. You can get a deal when you furniture shop. You, you want to get quality in your home. So I was able to educate them. And, and I'm a very statistic-driven guy when it comes to that approach. Is here's what the statistics say. When a listing agent is showing uh, their client this, our offer needs to mirror their statistics as well. It's not going to work. You know, a seller's not going to take less just because, uh, you know, so yeah. educating the buyers on what Berkshire Halfway stands for uh, and not just that, but, but elevating our level of service, which, you know, is expected in our office. Um, when we are having a listing, you know, the, the client's, have that expectation that you know they should we should be able to give them the not just telling them oh yeah comps are this but sitting down and doing the homework i think that you know our our consumers do expect more out of us because we are such a prominent brand um, but then they can mirror that with the consistency of the brand and know that they're going to get quality service at the end of the day yeah, I love it. That's great. So professionalism, integrity, having that tough conversation and, and education. That's great. Colton, how about you? Uh, so we have, kind of, when you do a type of lead, right, you always have a lot of everybody. We all have a monitoring associated by an acquisition. So whether the door knocking or whatever it's 
are the associated us doing our missing in our the way that having that impression and make sure that we're utilizing collateral um, the collateral has been elevated dramatically just by the marketing and the the pieces we've been able to put together with our marketing company uh well excuse me with the marketing department here in berkshire but one of the biggest things for us is it's funny because you'll come out here we have a high average sales price here in orange county and you'll see these agents show up looking like they just mowed their lawn they showed up with a black and white mls <laughs> printer printer sheet and they look like they literally just rolled out of bed and they're kind of like moping around and dragging their feet through the doors and their masks half off their face. And it literally gets to a point where I came back to the, I'll never forget this day, but I just saw this agent, number one, somebody who does good business. And I said, do you guys have any idea what your hourly rate is? Do you have any idea what you are paid per hour to do what we do and to be able to live the lives that we live and enjoy the people that we work with? Do any of you know? So this has become a practice of ours that we do on a monthly basis. So I want you to know what your hourly rate is. If you look at your hourly rate and show up with a black and white, you couldn't even do the color printer, copy MLS sheet, no collateral for the client to look at. Um, you're in the meeting like, well, what do you think it's worth? Well, I'll go pull the comps. With our team, That it was just one of those aha moments where it was, you better show up with a full CMA for every single property. We do it all digital now. So now before showing the schedule of our show and the link to the CMA every property. So it's one of the little any baby step you can take to help stand apart. Jeff, who showed up with the black and white MLS and his own house, it's it, it shocking to me that the lack of self-respect we'll have when being and facilitating this. Uh, so for us, I think we've just hyper-focused on with Berkshire is the level of marketing pieces and level the collateral of that, oh, I'm getting a ton of feedback. I'm hearing myself and that sounds awful. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so we just- Yeah, I'm not getting it. Okay, good. So we started making sure that we put together really good collateral to give clients before every showing, before presentations, which I, I know every brokerage is, but I, I definitely attest to it's phenomenal material that they put together. And like this, making sure that we're edging people, we talk people into buying a house. You're in love with the house or you're uh, with or with me. My job is to make sure I give you the education needs so you can make formed and educated decisions that are going to yield you the most favorable outcome. And so when we start doing this, what I also noticed is because there is a cost associated with each lead that we acquire, how can we make sure that we turn that into a compounding effect where we hold on to them forever? Um, when we came from Vegas, I mean, we did such high units and because our sales price was so low, but I didn't know any, if you told me one year we did, when I came out of Vegas, we did 412 deals. I couldn't have listed one address that I sold. And honestly, that really broke my heart. Like I didn't have relationships with these people the way that I wanted to. So when we came, we started over, we put everybody on an after close schedule. We do a buyer uh, concierge. So we set up their movers. They get a call in the 48th hour. They get a call on the seven day mark. They get a call in the 30 day mark. And then they get a call quarterly from us with a quarterly gift. Um, we just started making sure that once we paid to acquire that lead, it's easy to turn that into a compounding effect. And, it's, and since we really started focusing on that in a huge way, our profit margin says, because the cost of keeping a lead or keeping those referrals is minute in comparison to the cost of generating now business. Um, so we really just yeah. started focusing heavily on that, making sure that we're providing a better experience, better presentation, better collateral to provide the clients and a better 
post-close follow-up system to where they never lose us and we never lose them. I love that, man. That's so powerful. I mean, that, that was the perfect description, Colton, of why I was inspired to create the forever agent uh, yeah. you know, tag and the forever brand. I mean, you, you, you just perfectly summarized the inspiration behind that, because I think that that is, that is to me, the biggest missing ingredient in the industry is yeah. the inability for most agents to focus on providing really lasting, sustained quality value after the deal. So uh, I love that you're focused on that. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, because right. he's the one that really got us on that. <laughs> uh, Sam, Sam is the man. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks to uh, all of you. You four have been uh, great. I just uh, so uh, humbled and honored to be associated with you. So glad that you're affiliated with our great brand and uh, really, really appreciative for you taking the time to share uh, what's working for you and your businesses. And I look forward to to great things for each of you in 2021 and hope to see you in person at some point very soon, uh, perhaps at the summit later this year. Obviously, our convention will be virtual. But um, uh, but again, thank you all for your time today. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, Chris. Yeah. And for everyone watching, uh, thank you for your time. Please tag someone in the comments that you feel like could benefit from any of this content. This will be on demand, available on my Facebook Live and my other uh, social channels. Uh, so, again, thank you to our participants. Thanks for everyone watching and listening. And uh, we'll see you all soon uh, on the next edition of Forever Forum. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Take care.